Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. We continue to preview that TCU Kansas matchup on Saturday at 11 a.m. We'll start today with talking about Max Duggan and the job he has done and giving some praise to him. That's all coming up next on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. I uh, wanted to start today by talking about the quarterback position, which is something we've talked about a lot in the offseason and uh, throughout the entirety of the football season. Uh, but we'll continue some of that discussion there. And then in segment two, um, one of our YouTube commenters brought up a good point about the Kansas offense that I want to highlight um, following my conversation with Josh Neighbors and Derek Johnson yesterday. Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12, Derek Johnson from Locked On Jayhawks. Well, this is Locked On Horn Frogs, and I want to talk Max Duggan here in segment one. Uh, there have been a couple articles that have come out in the last week. One from Steven Johnson, who writes, uh, he's a new beat writer for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. It's a go over from Drew, for Drew Davison, who uh, moved on to another career. And then one from uh, Sam Kahn from The Athletic yesterday. Um, and Sam's article is really more about just the turnaround Sonny Dykes has had so far in year one, the team getting off to a great start. Steven's article um, in, the, in the Telegram last week was really focused on Max Duggan and his decision not to transfer. And, you know, if you remember how this uh, quarterback battle played out in the offseason, of course, they went through spring practice and there wasn't really any separation, or at least publicly, Sonny Dyke said there wasn't much separation. You know, going into fall camp, even going into the Colorado game, Coach Dykes was saying, hey, I think all three quarterbacks could play. I feel like we can win with all these guys. Now, in, in this article that, that uh, Stephen Johnson wrote for the Telegram, it did reveal that they let Duggan and Morris know kind of what the pecking order was fairly early in fall camp. So Max Duggan did have kind of a heads up. He knew he was going to be, you know, taking reps with the twos. He was going to be the number two guy, or at least that was the plan um, going into the season. And of course, in today's college football, um, a lot of guys transfer. You're going to see in the next, like this week and next week, SMU had this happen to them. They had a lot of players do it. Um, I, I saw some guys from Big 12 schools saying they're going to shut it down for the rest of the year. Players are going to go ahead and shut it down for the rest of the season if potentially they're not getting a lot of playing time. Um, and, I mean, this is – I'm not bashing this. Like, this is just kind of how the world works now, and it's savvy by these guys. But if they don't feel like they're going to get a lot of playing time, um, some players will say, hey, I don't want to play in any more games because I don't want to use up my eligibility. I mean, in the transfer portal – either right now or at the end of the season, and go to a new school, and they'll have, you know, an extra year of eligibility wherever I end up. And so Max potentially could have done that. Um, but he said that never really crossed his mind. He wanted to stay here. He wanted to be a good teammate. He's graduating from TCU in December. He wanted to see this through and play with the guys that he's been with for the past four years. And listen, I am all for players having autonomy, players having power. I think the power imbalance in college football for years has been very hypocritical, right? Like coaches can just sort of do what they want with guys and players didn't have a lot of say in, in the process. And now they do. And the transfer portal is, has really changed roster management. I mean, in a lot of ways you're recruiting 
um, your guys all over again every single offseason. You're trying to sell them on, hey, stick with us, stick with the program. We're going to find a way to use you. And Max could have left, and nobody would have blamed him. I mean, he, he wasn't expected to be the starter, but he stuck in there. He stayed there, and he said, hey, I want to be you know a great teammate. I want to be here with my guys. Um, and both articles have highlighted just how much that has increased the respect that he gets from his teammates because he's shown them that, Hey, I'm in this with you. Like I'm here. And now he's gotten an opportunity and I mean, he's been fantastic. You look at the numbers and I was just peeking at him today, 70 of 94, 997 yards, 11 touchdowns, zero picks, zero interceptions. Hasn't been given the ball away. You know, it's funny for the last few years, TCU has been so conservative on offense. I think a lot of it was that um, a defensive coach, Gary Patterson, a, a coaching staff that was very defensive focused, they didn't want to turn the ball over. You know, they didn't want to risk um, giving up bad field position, turning the ball over. And now things have opened up so much more. And to this point, the offense hasn't really turned the ball over. Like they've been able to um, not give up giveaways and still find a way to move the ball down the field and score, have explosive plays. And the defense has been really opportunistic at creating some turnovers and giving the offense some short fields to work with. So that's been a huge part of their success this season. But, you know, it's just – it's cool to see how Max has handled the situation. Obviously, everybody has their own decision to make. I don't have an issue with guys moving on to a new, a new place, a new opportunity, a new school. However, it's cool and it's refreshing – to see somebody say, you know what? I've committed here. I've been here. I want to see this through. I want to get through four years of school here. And they have a strong desire to win. I mean, this scene, I was thinking about this the other day. They haven't been to a bowl game since that 2018 Cheez-It Bowl. In 2019, they went 5-7. and seven. In 2020, they qualified for the Texas Bowl, were uh, set to play Arkansas, and then COVID, a COVID outbreak shut the game down. And then 2021, they went five and seven. So these guys that are in their fourth year as seniors, they haven't played in a bowl game. They've only qualified for one. And there's a lot of unfinished business here. And I think you can tell from the energy and the enthusiasm and the effort that they've been bringing to the table each and every week that they want, like they want to change the narrative. They want to change the expectation again. They want to get TCU back to their winning ways. And Max isn't the only guy that's done that, but he's exemplified it in a big way. And obviously he's such a huge story of the turnaround of this season so far with the way he's playing at quarterback. When we come back, um, yesterday was a pretty popular day on the YouTube channel. Thank you for watching and listening. Um, and we had some comments. I want to highlight one of those comments about what Kansas does on offense and how they, you know, make a living and how TCU is going to have to defend that. And I want to do that next. Before we do that, though, let's talk about betonline.ag. Um, BetOnline is, you know, a great place to go wager, go gamble. They have everything you need. Uh, obviously, college football is a college football show, and there's going to be a, a slate of games starting tonight going through Saturday. You can bet on those games. There are plenty of lines. The line for the TCU game is TCU minus 6.5 right now. So if you want to jump on that, if you feel like the Frogs are going to cover, which I know a lot of you do, Go jump on that now at Bet Online. You can also bet on all the other Big 12 games, college football games across the country. It's also just a great resource for sports information. But hey, on Sundays, I know you guys are tuned in the NFL. And if you're not just locked into your fantasy team like I am, maybe you want to wager and try to make some money as well. NBA training camp starting up, practices going. Draymond Green and Jordan Poole got into a fight yesterday, apparently, with the Warriors. So it's coming soon. 
Games are going to start up. MLB playoffs are getting going. This is the best time of year to be a sports fan. So make it worth your while. Go to Bet Online today and start finding out how you can, uh, you know, turn your hobby into a passion where you can maybe make some coin. Bet Online, one of our great sponsors. Thank you to them, as always, for sponsoring the show. So yesterday on Locked On Horn Frogs, uh, I talked with Josh Neighbors and Derek Johnson. And uh, real quick, a plug. I don't plug this consistently, but I would love for you guys to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube. It's Locked On Horn Frogs. Um, and yeah, that's sort of the easiest way for us to tell growth and how, you know, we're doing as a podcast aside from the auto downloads is the subscribers on YouTube. So if you haven't subscribed, I'd love for you to subscribe. I know part of that is me putting out more daily content and I'm going to make an effort to be more consistent with that as my life is getting a little bit easier. My, my son TJ is almost a month old. Um, so things are, are getting a little bit more into a routine, but subscribe to that YouTube channel. I'd love to get up to 300 subscribers before the Oklahoma State game. As I stand here right now, we're at 123. I think that's a great goal if we get to 300 before the Oklahoma State game. Frogs are playing well right now. I know you want more information about the team. You want to react. You want to listen. Um, and one of the cool things about YouTube is you can comment on the show. Like, you can watch it. You can live chat with me. You're not live chat, really, but you can comment, and I'll do my best to respond to you. And one of our commenters, Byron Bailey, and Byron's a, a loyal listener. We appreciate him. Um, you know, I made a, a comment on... Wednesday show about how this defensive line for TCU, you know, to put pressure on Jalen Daniels, rush the passer. And he says, rush the passer. Jalen Daniels is not a passer. Contain the triple option and force Jalen Daniels and those receivers to beat you with the passing game. Kansas is only running a Georgia Tech Navy triple option game with a shotgun twist. This is a D3 offense implemented by a D3 coach. He also doesn't think that KU has the athletes to run with TCU and expects TCU to win. Um, so, uh, a clarification there. Yeah, I agree with you to a certain extent, Byron. If you don't know, Lance Leipold, um, he coached at a school called Wisconsin Whitewater for a long time. And Wisconsin Whitewater is one of the powerhouses in Division III. Um, if you've been around the state of Texas for a while, you might have heard of UMHB, Pete and Fredenberg, who actually just retired, but he was at Mary Harden Baylor for a long time. They've won a number of national titles. Mount Union is kind of the perennial power in Division III. They win national titles almost every other year. And then Whitewater under Leipold, Whitewater is still a good school, but Whitewater under Lance Leipold won six national championships in eight years. And then he got an opportunity to go coach at Buffalo. He did that, won a MAC championship at Buffalo, used that to get the Kansas job, and he's uh, performed a pretty quick turnaround at KU. All that being said, there's a lot of triple option concepts that Kansas is running. And as Byron mentioned, they're running it primarily out of the shotgun. So it's not your under center, you know, typical uh, single back in the backfield with two kind of slot backs on the outside moving back and forth, but they'll get in, you know, some two back sets. I saw today just some, some film on Twitter where they were in the Maryland eye, which is like three backs behind each other, um, but it's in the shotgun formation. So it's kind of like a pistol look, except there's multiple running backs behind the QB. And so Jalen Daniels is doing a lot of, you know, um, footwork and, and work with his hands, trying to hide the ball and move the ball around. But I'll say this, Byron, he's also been really efficient in the passing game. Aside from the Iowa State game, which was last week, where he only threw for, for about 100 yards, he's thrown for 983 yards this year. He threw for 325 against Duke. Um, and now their passing game, it's not a, they're not taking a ton of deep shots down the field. Here's where I'll disagree with you, though. They've had over 100 passing. I see what you're saying, 
but I, I disagree slightly with the idea that um, they're just this primarily triple option team. What I do agree with, though, is that they have a lot of those concepts. A lot of their passing game is going to be misdirection off some of those run fakes and, you know, leaking a out on the edge, those kinds of things. So um, I see your point. And a, a big key for this defense this week, they have to stay disciplined. They have to read their keys well. And th- a lot of it's going to fall on these linebackers, right? And it's interesting because, you know, we saw Marcel Brooks come back last week. He's obviously really athletic. D. Winters is big, physical. Um, you know, Johnny Hodges, who's from Navy, so he has some experience facing option concepts. He's also um, – I'm sorry if it keeps cutting out here. Not really sure what's happening with the connection, but we're almost done, so I'm just going to try to power through the last couple minutes. If it's cutting in and out, though, I apologize. Uh, but Hodges has some experience facing option concepts from his time at Navy and playing other service academies. Um, those guys are going to have to read their keys well. They're going to have to react and not get you know, caught up in all the movement and motion and different things that they're doing, but find a way to follow the ball. But, yes, you're right. This is a very different offense, and they're going to see the rest of the year. It's still a spread. It's still you know, trying to get guys out on the edge, but there are a ton of option concepts, triple option concepts. And so they're going to stop the run first. Um, now, one of KU's running backs is out, Daniel Henshaw Jr., who has – 259 rushing yards on 44 attempts. He's out. But Devin Neal, who's more their home run threat, you probably recognize that name. He's their leading rusher this year. He has over 300 yards. He's available. Um, you know, Henshaw is a loss, but Daniels and Neal can handle a lot of the load in the running game. And so that's priority number one. Yes. The defensive line, the linebackers, the front seven, and even your safeties are probably going to have to come up and make plays and, and tackle in space, which is something that TCU has done really well this year but it's going to be absolutely imperative that they find a way to do it this week against the Kansas team that is going to you know, set up the run game and then use that to have some misdirection and some deception in their passing game to try to bust big plays. And so TCU has to find a way to uh, overcome a lot of that pomp and circumstance that KU is going to have in the run game, follow the ball, find the ball carriers, read their keys, and um, – you know, not get caught up in all the motion and misdirection that Leipold and this offense are going to throw at them. That's going to do it for Locked on Horn Frogs today. We'll have one more preview of the KU game on Friday. Thank you for listening. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team.